0: My next guest has been part of the Seattle media scene for over ten years. Whether it's been through her blog, radio show, her podcast, or through an events, it's my pleasure to introduce Miss Casey Carter. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Miss Casey Carter. Hey, there we go. So, how did you get the Miss part? Is that just something you came up with on your so- on your own, or?
1: um so miss i think i kind of borrowed it from miss info i loved miss info she's like my biggest inspiration growing up um are you familiar with Miss info i am not <laughs> oh my god and you're in radio you oh, no. are oh you need to do your homework young man oh, no. um she is she's she was big on radio out in new york with during like the time angie martinez was hot and everything like that uh, okay. but she's an asian woman and um I saw her on VH1 when they were doing those shows, like recapping hip hop and things like that. And it was just really inspiring to um, to me to see someone who looked like me talking about something that I loved, which I didn't think that somebody from my race could insert themselves in. So Mm. um, she was a big inspiration on that. So I'm pretty sure I just like borrowed that from her.
0: Right. Aren't there a few artists that do that too? Like, I think Gladys Knight does that. I think, does Lauren Hill do that also? I could uh, be mistaken.
1: I'm not too sure. Yeah. Well, it's
0: interesting yeah. though.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: So yeah, you've been in like the radio industry in Seattle for a long ass time, huh?
1: Well, music. I did radio for what? It was like a year and a half, which was fun. Oh. Um, definitely just music and independent nightlife and all that stuff.
0: Got it. And you started out with your blog, and then it, it just propelled from there, correct?
1: Yeah, I started off with my blog, and then I, um, I was going out all the time, um, going to clubs and parties and things like that, and I just saw a space for myself to, instead of paying to go to these places, create a space where people would pay me mm. to come to parties. So um, with the blog, and then the nightlife, and then my love Um, that groove for independent music it kind of just all came together and um has been holding me down for for a while
0: wow so from my understanding like when I have my own website what I have to do is you have to like pay like a subscription or something not a subscription like a monthly fee to keep a website up and I feel like you you don't have your blog anymore but does that mean the blog is gone or is that something that people can still like look up or if you're not paying for it anymore how does that work
1: I started on a blog spot. So I know I like I've been doing this before Wix and all that stuff. Like I actually developed like a whole website and stuff like that. So
0: wow.
1: um, there is a blog spot. I think that some of those posts are still up. I've Googled them a few times to see um, if they're there. Uh, but I was going by M.S. Casey Carter. So now I'm oh. obviously am my M.I.S.S. Um, So I believe that's, uh, and that was like the beginning, beginning. Um, So that's just when I was like posting every and anything and I had no direction and I was just super young and uh, really vocal about whatever I loved. Um, And then it grew into the, I think, mskacycarter.com, which I don't know. I don't, I think a lot of, some of that stuff in between that old one and some of this new stuff might be gone. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean if you I'm sure you could google and research and and find some stuff
0: right and then you started the glow up podcast in like 2016 and podcasts came out in like I think two thousand four but they're still kind of like a newer deal so like you kind of hopped on the podcast train pretty early
1: yeah I got super lucky because I didn't know what podcasts were prior to um listening to there was um what is that one that serial podcast that was somebody had put me on to that and um, before that I had a producer who was reaching out to me and was like hey I think you're great like let's do a podcast together and I was like I don't know what the hell this is so I just left him on red and didn't (laughs) deal with him and then after I was introduced to serial which I like was obsessed with and then um the read was a podcast that uh really inspired me to be like oh okay now i get it like this is exact i know i can do this um so from there i i linked back up luckily with that producer he he didn't you know have any animosity or hard feelings towards me and was super ready to jump start and and give me a podcast
0: right and what was the what was the goal like i felt like my goal when i first started the podcast was always just to like understand the music scene better personally because like I'm a huge hip hop fan, but like before doing the podcast, I didn't even know there was a music scene whatsoever, but it seems like before your podcast, you already knew there was a scene.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like it was go It was golden time. It was a golden era. Like I was so lucky to be a part of so much that, you know, that Seattle had to offer at that time. Um, I mean, Jarv, obviously, you know, you'll be able to talk to him and, and learn a lot more um because he was really into like he was really in it before like he he brought me over to the side that i needed to be on um Mm -hmm. i was just so immature and didn't understand what was going on um at the time but yeah i went to a local music show and i i i went in there thinking like local music sucks it's corny it's annoying like because i just grew up around guys who just all wanted to be rappers and they all were emulating like what they saw on TV versus like making original music. So when I went to that show, I saw people making dope stuff and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, this is dope. I was already inspired to like be this personality or whatever and throwing parties and stuff. So I was like, they have the same passion as I do, but they're doing something different. What can I do to help them? Um, but it's kind of different with the podcast. So to answer your question, um, for the glow up, I mean, for me, it says it all in itself. Like I'm all about providing information and encouraging people and motivating people. And just if I have the tools or the knowledge, like I'm down to pass those along. And um, when I started the glow up, that's what it was. I wanted to inspire listeners by sharing these stories from entrepreneurs and letting them know like, hey, like this is the background they come from and you can do it too, um, mm-hmm. all while... Teaching them and providing information. When the podcast did start, I did have a different podcast um, co host with me. So, the direction of, the, um, of what I saw didn't, it wasn't going where I wanted to. So, we had to like switch things up. And I'll say we're four years in now. Um, I have a new co host. Shout out to my girl, Naomi. And uh, we're definitely in that exact direction and that vision that I saw. So, it took us a few years. Ooh. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're all about just providing that that game so people can glow up.
0: Yeah, having a co-host can be so difficult. Like, when I, um, when I first started my podcast, I thought that I needed, like, a co-host or, like, a partner of some sort. But then I kind of realized, for me at least, it was just a way that I felt – it was a way of, like, helping me get out of my shell because I felt like I needed someone to show me direction, even if they weren't as – directionally inclined as me, even. It just felt like it was easier to have a partner. What made you decide to, like, start with a co-host and continuously have a co-host? Because what I've noticed, like, some episodes, you'll be like, oh, the guy's out of the studio, so it's just me and my guest versus you and a co-host. Like, do you feel, because it is your podcast, is it sometimes difficult to well, have a co-host?
1: You no, know, I started it, um, I mean, my, when I work with people, nothing is just mine, it's ours. So when mm. I started the podcast, it was ours with that specific specific co-host, Um, initially I was like, I need a Charlemagne and that's exactly what that person was at the moment, but it just, again, it was taking, it was going in a different direction, um, and not in the inspirational and motivational, uh, way that I wanted it to, um, having Naomi on the show just really helps balance things out. I'm very set in my ways and like, I have a certain style of doing things and I think adding a co-host adds balance for me. It, it gives, um, you know, other people like, especially our guests, other, other approaches. And, um, it just, it's, I, I think for me, it, it's a great balance. I love having a co-host, especially when it's something like, like, where it's for community, really. It's not, just mm-hmm. it's not just me. So I, I personally enjoy it with that. It, and right. it helps when it comes to all the work like when you're doing an independent podcast you're doing everything yourself yeah and if you really 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 want to grow you can't do it all by yourself you know so um i think having her and then being able to like guide her and teach her and be somewhat like a mentor to her helps me and makes me want this even more for both of us
0: mm-hmm. what do you look for like in a co-host like what did you see in naomi because i've I made sure to like do different segments throughout. I haven't listened to every single, you have a ton of episodes out, but I made sure to like every few benchmark episodes I listened, I could see like how the co-host changed and everything like that. Like, what did you personally like see in Naomi that made it seem like she was the one to be your co-host?
1: She started off as our intern. So she had already been like seeing what we needed and things like that. Um, it was a risk for me just because she doesn't have a background in, you know, what I, what I'm doing. And that was the biggest thing when the other co host left was that I needed somebody who can bring in their own audience, who can be confident and can keep up with me because I have a very powerful personality and voice and um, I need somebody who can also, you know, balance that out and not just let me overpower things um, though though she didn't have any of that um her interest is what you know just really sparked me i'm a person who is just always trying to give back and if i see somebody like if i see something that something special but i don't see it fully yet Mm -hmm. um I'll, i'll give you the chance to show me what i'm trying to find so that's just what i did i took a chance on her um and she's just always willing to learn and listen. And that, that's that's really what you look for is somebody who's just like really open-minded and things like that. Um, but Naomi also is just really well-spoken. She's really careful with her words. She's really, uh, she takes her time with a lot of things. And for me, that's exactly what I need. Even though I thought I needed somebody who was just like me, I I needed somebody who was a little bit of the opposite for me again, to keep that balance and um, help me out. And she teaches me things too. So she's, she's been great.
0: Right. So you said if she started as your intern. Does that mean, from what I, when, like, when you intro your episode, it's like you're live at the sound soundcasting studio or something like that, I think you say. Mm-hmm. So were you, was the podcast like part of that studio or like how did
1: that so come there, to be? They're producing network. Okay. So yeah, and they own that studio, and that's where we would record pr- prior to the pandemic.
0: Oh, so she, she she interned for the podcast or for the for the, the podcast, studio? for me okay.
1: specifically for the Glow Up.
0: Wow, that's an interesting thing. I've never really thought of having an intern for a podcast. Like everything I've done, I've just like learned on my own from like YouTube, basically. <laughs>
1: And exactly why I provided those, you know, I, I love, again, helping people and teaching people and opening up these internships that are, you know, they can be short, they can be long. It just depends, but, um, you can Google and research as much as you want, but learning from an actual person and having like actual experience is going to be the best teacher. Hell
0: yeah. Do yeah. you feel like you're like, do you think you were like the OG music podcast for Seattle then?
1: Definitely not. Because I don't think that the glow up is a music podcast. Like, and that's what I always wanted to make sure that people understand is that the glow up is for entrepreneurs. Like, you're not going to listen to the glow up to find out about music shit. Like, it's all about entrepreneurship. So Mm -hmm. I try and keep that very, very separate. Sure, we may have artists and people involved in the music scene, but it's not a music podcast. Now, when it comes to, like, this music stuff, I wouldn't consider myself an OG, but maybe, like, a big sister or something like that um, because I would never discredit any of the OGs that have definitely uh, pioneered what we have here in Seattle.
0: Mm -hmm. Whenever, like, I... Like, so many artists I've interviewed, like, they bring you up so often, though. I feel like... It's like you definitely, like... Anyone that talks about you is like says that you've you've helped their career in some way or another, and like just by That's giving them a crazy. voice or whatever it is.
1: That is, that was like the the best thing I've heard all day. That was so great. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was crazy because I like I didn't know how to spell your name or anything. Like when I first started the podcast, I would just hear Casey Carter over and over, and they're like, "Yeah, oh. some people like Casey Carter." and I thought you were I thought you were like a mysterious guy at first or something. I had no idea what to expect.
1: Yeah. it's crazy. That
0: warms my heart. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's podcasting in Seattle is very interesting. Like I've noticed, I I thought I was kind of doing something special when I started to doing like podcast collabs, but I guess like there's a whole podcast community that I keep finding and like you're, you've collabed with like a lot of podcasts and is there like a, when there comes to this like podcast community, do you feel like everyone's like connecting though or is it just like a collab just to, you know, get their name out there more? Like are, are podcasts helping each other?
1: From my understanding, I do see a lot of the uh, people in, like from different types of genres of the community collaborating with each other. Um, it's it's just weird though because a lot of people start podcasts and then they stop. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another that's been the the funny thing. Um, so and so it makes you a little hesitant to support people because you're like, okay, I don't know how long this is gonna go, you know. Um, But for the most part, I mean, we make we've made so many we try and do so many things to connect with podcasts. I mean, we were throwing uh, Mixer events specifically for podcast hosts so that we could all get together and be in person and ask each other questions and things like that. Like we always invite them onto our show or, you know, if they have an event, we're always trying to support their events and things like that. Um, And I see that vice versa. So, I mean, for me, I see great support.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy
1: Consistent.
0: yeah there's definitely like once I like open like no matter no matter what it is in like in Seattle I feel like it's sometimes like turning over like a rock and then seeing like a collective of people versus just like everyone's together and it's like lately I've been looking more into like collaborations and I like pick up one rock and see like all these little podcasts pick up another rock all these other podcasts it's, it's very interesting how it works yeah. do you but I feel like it's also, it's um, it's podcasting, when you look at it, it's just like, it's kind of like a music art form as well. Like you notice how there's all these different like clicks in the Seattle area. Do you think it's it's just how Se- the Seattle's vibe to be clicky or do you think we can break through this like click based thing and everyone be connected?
1: I think that's like pretty typical in all major cities is that everyone just kind of has their own little click of of things maybe a little more here in Seattle because we are just we're like that I don't know it is you know there's that term the Seattle freeze and like we just we are we are with our own um but for me what I always tell people is just be cool be genuine support show love don't overdo stuff don't be thirsty to be a part of something and you should be good and and be good at what you do Mm -hmm. um you should be good with everybody. I've seen people who don't who are not from here who have made their way into to being a part of the scene. There's so many people, so it's not impossible. It's just are you trying too hard? Are you not trying hard enough you know there's mm-hmm. you gotta you just gotta keep it cool
0: do you think you've still stayed pretty in touch with like what's going on in the Seattle music scene or do you think like over the years you've focused more on like like your most recent interviews like they even have like longer titles and it's more like focused on like influence influencers in my opinion to like help inspire people versus like you were never you said you weren't like a never a full like music podcast but i feel like it's definitely t- it's taken a shift if have you, have you noticed that as well or is that like purposeful yeah
1: yeah absolutely because that's the direction that i've always wanted to go in but again i was being pulled in different ways and needed to figure it out um, but when it comes to being tapped in with the music scene i mean definitely before COVID, I would say I was definitely tapped in. Um, I was working at the radio station and doing the local uh, music show and, um, you know, there was just, it was, I could see myself getting a little far away from it just because like, I don't really listen to a lot of hip hop anymore. Like I listen to a lot of R and B and things like that. So, um, but again, the, I feel like the podcast is like super separate from like who Miss Casey Carter is. Like Miss Casey mm-hmm. Carter is just a host of the Glow Up, but that is the Glow Up is not like my whole life. Right makes sense. So I'm always going to be involved some way with independent music artists and things like that, but that's not going to reflect on what we're doing with the Glow Up.
0: Hell yeah! And you have a, you have a you had a second podcast for a little bit too, like the Tea of the Week thing, huh? Mm-hmm. Was no, that?
1: That was just for Cube. Um, That was also a way because I wasn't doing interviews since I only had two hours on the radio. So I just wanted another way since, you know, I was working with artists, they have stories who are these people. Um, So I just developed a new podcast um, to host on the iHeart platform um, to kind of give these guys a little more time to talk instead of, because I was playing all their music and I had no idea who they were. (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to give them some shine. So I just developed a podcast to kind of go with what we were doing with the come up.
0: All right. Well, how would you describe yourself to people then? Because, yeah, you definitely aren't just like a podcaster. Like, how would you, if you had to label like the multiple things you do, like you even throw events even. So like for like someone who's not even from Seattle or from Seattle and don't know much about you, how would you describe yourself?
1: Yeah, so I would say I'm um, a media personality. And um, I'm kind of like, I don't even know, I'm just the plug. I'm the person who's going to help you out. Like, what do you need? What do you want? You needed me to throw you an event? You need somebody, a party or something? Like, I don't really think I have a title. I mean, being, I love being a woman and all this because I don't have to just be like, okay, this is just all I do. Like, I do everything. So, if somebody was to ask, like, what does she do? Yeah, definitely, she does. She's a host of a podcast. But if you need something, she's the person you you, you can go to and ask.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the is the podcast like a side hustle at this point, kind of, or is it like it's like a on main
1: the... focus of mine?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We're I, like I've
0: always been trying to. I give myself like, how do I describe it? like time markers and like milestones to reach for like, like one of my goals for like the first year was to like reach a hundred interviews, reached a hundred interviews, start like a website, started a website, things like that. Were there, are there certain milestones you've been trying to reach through the four years of your podcast that you feel like you have reached? And are there some that you feel like you haven't reached yet still?
1: I honestly feel like we are just getting started with everything, even though it's taken four years to get to where we are. Um, I feel like everything is kind of new to us now, just because for one, we're in a whole new world. For two, Naomi and I are finally like on the same page when it comes to like energies and flowing of conversations and things like that. And then three, the type of guests that we have on the show are exactly what I finally wanted. Like it took me all that time to finally get to where I want um, so when it comes, we have obviously new goals and things like that, but I think for me, the whole time I was doing it, I was just trying to get to where I am right now.
0: Damn. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why I personally feel like I can't have a co-host. Like I'm such a nerd for what I'm doing. Like, I feel like, I feel like co-host can help you grow. Like you, you're fine. You learn more about yourself, what you like about certain people and don't, but like, yeah, I, It can be difficult, I feel like, to have a partner.
1: I'm very – I feel like I'm similar in a sense when it comes to, like, working and things like that. But I will say the more and more I started collaborating or, like, bringing on co-hosts or partners and things for certain things that I normally wouldn't let people come into, the more and more I learned about myself, my working style, and I was also given perspectives on things, how – that I wouldn't see them. You know, they're different eyes, they're different ears and maybe you don't have to listen to them especially because this is your podcast or whatever. Um, I think they're the ones who really have helped me make this grow. Mm
0: -hmm. So you don't like... What was that? So you don't like regret anything then, huh?
1: I don't regret anything. Everything has led me to exactly where I need to be right now.
0: Yeah. It's a... That's good though. I feel like Sometimes I feel like time is on our side, but isn't on our side. Like, I feel yeah. like it's a weird thing. I feel like COVID definitely has slowed things down, which has helped me at least. And I, I noticed that you kind of took a break for a little bit too when COVID hit, but I, you definitely started picking up again. Like, what was the transition like for you to, when COVID, a lot of people actually, I noticed a lot of podcasts has completely stopped overall with COVID.
1: Exactly. Yeah, um, as soon as COVID hit, I, I'm i a problem solver. So I was trying to figure out what do we like, what am I going to do with the podcast? What am I going to do with myself? Um, I'd already started working on my consultation stuff with like independent artists and small business owners. It was more geared, it's more geared towards artists um, as far as like helping them and guiding them and teaching them things one-on-one. So I was able to kind of pivot and start doing that since I wasn't doing events anymore The podcast, what it felt like was it was just a big old mess. And we were trying to keep our heads above water. We're trying to figure everything out. We're trying to be respectful to each other's times and emotions. Um, And it was just really difficult for us. Even though we were able to get so many dope guests on the show, we were able to open up our audience to, I mean, not audience, but our um, guests, to people who were outside of Seattle, which was like something we've never done because if you weren't in person, then we weren't interviewing you. Mm. Um, but again, when we're, we're on a break right now, so we're not coming back till February. And wow. um, I feel like this was all needed for us. This is, I personally have just been working hard for the past 10 plus years on everything and have never given myself a break. And 2020 definitely gave me the time to do that and be comfortable with taking a break and not being like, oh, you're being lazy. Or, you know, if Naomi isn't feeling well, like not thinking like, oh my God, why is she doing this? Like, no, we need the breaks. We need the time. And I feel like, and you said like time is either on our side or it's not like, that is, that is the biggest thing I learned is that like, no matter how much you think time is going against you, it's not like, you got to lean into that. You got to trust that this universe, this God, whoever, what you believe in that's making everything happen has your best interest at heart. And no matter if you're not getting what you think you want, you're getting exactly what you need.
0: All right. Was there like a certain goal you had? Because you said you've been in media for like 10 plus years. Was there a certain goal like you had that you look back on and wish you... How do I describe? I guess... I think it's what I'm really looking for when I interview people, is like, I'm young and I feel like, if the, a lot of people kind of, whether they realize it or not, don't like to accept like information or learn from others. They kind of like bang their head against the wall and then, that's how they learn, right? Like, oh, I don't, I don't believe that's what's going to happen, and then, they, they they learn from their mistakes. I feel like, I feel like for like a podcast when there's there's over, there's millions of podcasts out there now, just like how there's millions of artists out there. So I feel like what it's important to me is to soak up as as much information and like learn from others as I can. Is there, is there like a certain goal that you've thought you'd have reached by now that you haven't? Like there's artists that I've been working with that have like been making music for like over 10 years. And they said like the best music they've made is once they actually realize like, they may never blow up, right? And then once you accept that, then you could actually focus on like what you love about music versus I'm doing this just to hopefully become famous and make money.
1: Yeah, um, I guess I already accomplished the goal that I wanted was to be on the radio and to be on Cube. You know, I grew up listening to Cube and it was everything to me and I wanted to be like a nighttime player, so... Um, being able to host a new and local music show that, you know, was hosted before by some legends, you know, rest in peace, Jay Moore and DJ hyphen. Um, and it was dope, but I mean, I, I, you work at radio, like in Seattle, radio is not like what we thought it was. Like <laughs> It's not what it is like in Atlanta or anything like that. And I'm, I mean, I'll never not be grateful that for that experience. And, Maybe I'll go back one day and that'll be the dopest shit ever. But um, that was the biggest thing for me through all of this, you know, through all the events, through all the interviews, through everything I was doing. uh, It was definitely to get this voice on radio and I was able to do it. And I have no regrets on that and I have no regrets not working there anymore. Um, I got let go before COVID hit in January 2020, like a year ago, I think like exactly a year ago. And when it happened, I was like, "Yes!" Like I, I kind of was like, I wasn't even tripping. Um, I was working a full time job on top of that, on top of throwing parties, on top of hosting the podcast, on top of, you know, everything else I was doing. So it was just one less thing I had to worry about. Um, yeah. That was the that was that was it right there. That was the biggest goal, like for Miss Casey Carter, was to get on radio.
0: Damn. How did you get into radio? Was it just like after building up your name and made the right yeah. connections?
1: They heard about me through some way and asked me to come in and I met them and through no experience or anything like that, I was able to get a job for one of the biggest radio platforms in the country. And wow! Yeah, it was, again, that, that was full circle for me right there. That was exactly what I needed. You know, I didn't intern or anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's funny because like, People think you need like, you need a resume such as going to college to get into like media or radio or like, I have friends who are currently mm-hmm. in college for media or like film editing mm-hmm. or anything like that. I'm like, you're paying $13,000 or more a semester to learn this when I've learned film editing and podcasting on my own, just over the quarantine. Mm-hmm. It's just Seattle for me, cause I'm not, I'm currently don't go to college. Seattle for me is like college for me with like connections and stuff I've made.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like I never went to school for anything that I do. And I'm sure there are certain things that I don't know, I don't have knowledge in, but those are the people that you can pay for (laughs) once you, you know, you make your money being the dope person that you are, you know, and just like you, I taught myself everything, everything. So um, it is sad to see so many people go to school, get in debt. And then come out and then, you know, some are lucky. They get these jobs, but some don't. And they waste so much money on on that. Definitely teach yourself. Whatever you want to learn, there's courses. You Instead of sp- spending 13000 you can spend $130 on a, on a seven-day course or something and learn so, so much. We're so mm-hmm. lucky to be living in this digital age to be learning everything we can.
0: What did you learn about radio, like, once you finally got into it? Like, what are some things that you... Expected that kind of like fizzled out or faded away once you actually were in the station and part of it.
1: Well, I think that in 20, like it's 2020, 2019 compared to like radio in the early 2000s and the 90s. You know, you pictured growing up, like you're in the station, like recording live, and you get callers and you get all these people coming through and these celebrities and things like that. It definitely was not that a lot of it was pre-recorded. Uh, I did, a lot of people weren't at the station all the time. Um, and just to me, it just wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. like I felt like I was working so hard uh, to to do what I was doing. It was a great experience like and again, to be able to be on the radio in a city that I grew up in that I used to listen to like that was just incredible. but I've I worked so so hard to get there and it was like I'm still working so so hard to be here and it's like I don't know maybe if I wasn't if I didn't have another job and that was just my only focus my outlook would be a lot different and if I was like younger but um I was just a little older and I had real life stuff happening and I was working a job so I think to me it was just like it was important, but it wasn't like, Ooh, this is like so filthy. This is the dopest thing ever. It just kind of like, it's was like, okay, this is it. Like, it's like meeting your favorite celebrity and they're just like people Not as fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't trade it for the world. And again, if I were to go back, what a blessing, but um, you just hear people and they like, Oh, you're on the radio. Like, yeah. Do you really listen to the radio? You know, <laughs> like, Yeah. That was that was always the thing where it was just like, why you ha- why are you gassing me if like you don't even listen to the radio?
0: Yeah. Did you prefer do you prefer being like a radio host then or a podcast host better?
1: Um, I mean, I love podcasts because you can say whatever you want. Um. But radio's fun. Like when I go to other cities and I listen to radio, it's so fun and and things like that, but, um, so I just, I guess it depends, I don't know, I, I love them both, but I don't know.
0: I feel like you've always been destined for the radio voice, though, like, right, as soon as the first episode of the podcast, you're like, yo, this is Miss Casey Carter, and you have the whole, you have the radio, you have the booming radio voice.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's good, but again, I think that radio is, you know, on its last leg badly in this country and you know the digital world has taken over so um I'm very blessed to be hosting a podcast and we'll see where this voice like lands me in in the future you know
0: mm. do you think it's dying in the country though or just Seattle
1: I think pretty soon these cities are going to start like playing the same shit all across you know like a lot of these mm. what is that called uh what is that called when um like, what, uh, what is the Breakfast Club doing? So it's going to be a lot of syndication. It's going to be a lot of that. Um, I definitely feel like these robots are taking over and they're a lot cheaper for these companies that don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at iHeart, like they're investing so much money into podcasts and things like that. So it's like they're the biggest one. So sure, you may have your your radio stations in those those other cities, but I mean, they're not going to, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, Radio is going to be much. It's going to be like you're going to hear the same thing in different cities that have Damn. like similar markets.
0: Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Syndication's a real thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Why <laughs> would I pay you a salary if I can just syndicate this like all my morning, evening, night show? You know, ain't nobody listening to the radio like that. Um, so Why would I waste money on all on on talent when there's like Mm -hmm. we're paying this guy hundreds of thousands of dollars and we can just put him in and then like they can fill it in with, you know, little local news bits here and there. And there you go, there's your radio.
0: Yeah. What I learned like very quickly once I was hired at the radio station ninety two point five was that it definitely isn't what I thought it was gonna be. Just like how you kinda said. It's to the fact that, like, I thought Seattle, like, I thought radio meant that they were kind of like, they were, they wanted to help, like, the local scene and stuff like that, right? And uh-huh. then, like, I would, I met everyone that I possibly could through the radio station. and Like, eventually, I got to someone who had to sit me down and be like, like, you know what commercial radio is, right? I was like, yeah, I, th- I think so. And they're like, there's no money in the local scene. So why would we push that <laughs> local scene? And then that's when I truly, like, understood what it meant to be, like, commercial radio and how I prefer doing, like, a podcast versus commercial radio anyways. But 92.5 just definitely focuses on, like, the top 20, no matter what. So 93.3 is a little different because it is kind of more focused on hip-hop. Were they more welcoming to the local scene, do you feel like, or was it still kind of the same situation where they didn't really see the value in the local scene?
1: Yeah, I don't think they did, but that's the problem is that when they don't see the value, they're not investing into making something better. So I personally feel that once you invest into something, you can grow it. And Seattle has proven itself time and time again that we do have a great scene. I was lucky again because I was in charge of my local show. So they were they were open and um thank God that they I had such a great uh uh what is it, program director he was so cool and he was down to like mentor me and he actually trusted like my word and like believed me if I like were to push some local artists to him he would give it a chance um and I feel that was personally because of his respect for me we were able to actually get jarves uh, single on local like regular time too which was so unheard of Mm-hmm. they never ever ever played local music outside of my local music show on sunday night um so for that little step right there that was that was incredible um but again once things kind of took a took a turn last year i i haven't heard much i know that they have local djs on there which is tight um and maybe those DJs sneak in local music here and there. I'm not too sure. I feel like they do sometimes because they're, they're good friends of mine and I feel like they just would do that. But um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, it is sad that they don't invest so much into the local music scene out here. Um, I feel like people would, they would just benefit more. People would listen to the radio more because they were supporting, they would try harder. It would, it would provide confidence. It would provide encouragement, you know, but the fact that they don't and they're just so after a bag that I don't even see exists really in what they're doing is just like, it, it doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. maybe they have a different way of looking at things, but I think a lot of the time they're always doing things um, old school.
0: Well, they're, uh, the people like Empower and Radio are usually older heads anyway, yeah, so. exactly. Stuck in their ways.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, you know, and that's why people like you and other people are always going to win because they're, you know, we're doing our job in, in providing some type of helper platform for these independent artists.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think, like, the Seattle music scene is missing or do you think it's actually even missing anything?
1: It's, a, it's really hard to say because before when I was heavily involved in throwing shows and things like that, um, it was just missing like structure, you know, it was missing um, some it, what it, it was missing somebody making it and and coming back and teaching what, you know, how they did it. Um even though like somebody like McElren made it, he didn't like come back and like, I don't know, I, I don't look at him as like he came back and helped as much. Yeah. Um, but now, I don't know what's missing. I feel like a lot of these people, they need, <laughs> they just need to go to training honestly, that's what I see that's missing. Um, a lot of these younger artists are following these, you know, younger generation of artists and there, there's no professionalism. There's no, um, they just lack so many things that the generation before them, they, you know, they were, they came correct. Hmm. Um, which is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing now, when it comes to helping independent artists, because it's, I just see that being a problem all the time. They get stuck. Like nobody's fucking with me. Nobody's helping me. Um, And then they do things unprofessionally, like DM you their music or tag you in posts and things like that. And it's just like one that's so like, why would you DM a, a music link? Like, how, like, where did you see that made success for someone? Like, why do you, you know? I, yeah. I don't I, I just do not I, I go on this all the time so um, for me what I see for the younger upcoming Seattle music scene it's definitely you know that lack of like administration administrative work and the simple emailing and, and professionalism um, but who knows what the C- Seattle music scene is right now it's so hard without shows I can't say anything I can't You know, we don't have, I mean, it's great that people are making music and things like that, but what is the Seattle music scene anymore? We're all on the internet.
0: (laughs) But I see like, like I've had on some of your previous guests as well, like that you've maybe even had like in 2016, that seemed like they showed, everyone still shows potential I feel like, but it seems like the energy that they had in 2016, if they're on your show, it was kind of like the same energy they had on my show. Four, three to four years later so what do you think's happening with this older generation of rappers also though they're, they're not really getting the attention either
1: I mean yeah hip hop is hard you're competing with big names like yeah. you're trying to compete for attention from people it's really really hard um, so I don't really have any advice but to stay at it and and keep, keep winning you're not I mean you're not going to get success overnight to me, you know, like everyone has their own audience. There's so many like rappers who aren't super big, but you know, would come here and sell out the show box who are now in the same boat as a lot of these independent artists, you know, somebody like a dizzy Wright who was so popping and is just, you know, he's trying to get back his following and consistency. Like it's not easy trying to be a rapper because everybody wants to be a rapper. And, um, so if you're going to do it just do it and don't try to be famous and don't try to just come on just make good music.
0: Yeah. Yeah, music scene here is very no one <laughs> I thought you'd have a little bit more answers. No one has any answers for the scene here really. It's just a It's just um it's not a mess at all. I think people work very hard here in the scene.
1: I mean, I think also people define success in different ways like I feel like if you're trying to get on, like, that's a horrible goal. Like, yeah. like what? That's what you want to do. You're you're if you want to do that, then be goofy because that's a goofy goal. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like a walking meme. If the, if your goal is to get on and get rich and get famous, like, you know, or move. This is not the city for you. This is not, you know, Um. I don't know, I just have an approach of do what feels good and and be good at it. And you can't beat good. Like good is always gonna win.
0: Yeah, but we don't even I don't feel like we even have like um just like the average person doesn't even know there's a music scene though. It's like I describe it as the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. You're walking through the closet and then you realize that there's a huge ass music scene here.
1: Okay, what- well here, here, here's the answer to what's missing in Seattle and what can help is There's no media anymore covering the shit that's being done here. Mm. The the papers aren't covering it. The local media is going down. Everyone's trying to do their own podcast or everyone's trying to do their own show and no one's working together. So everything's spread hella thin. So how is anyone going to hear about our music?
0: There we go. We just got to figure that out. Yeah, it's a,
1: well, you also got to think like who lives in Seattle, a bunch of white and other people who, who are moving from other cities who do tech. They, yeah. don't, they don't care or know about the local music scene. That's a big chunk of who lives here. Before all those people moved here, it was all of us who lived here and we were filling up shows. We were going to the venues. It was us, it was our scene. So since there's not enough of us anymore, Like, why, you know, like, who's going to spread the word? That's the thing. The scene has changed so much because the demographic of who lives in this city and enjoys that stuff doesn't live here anymore.
0: But they have the money to help the scene. Not saying, like, they should be paying artists, but I feel like if we found some way to connect, like, tech, not even, like, an actual, like, genre of music, we don't need, like, more techno artists, but I feel like if there's a way that tech and the music scene here in Seattle could connect, whether it's, like, these amazon people are need a po- a product to be pushed or something in the C- the music scene is like doing ads for them or like there's tons of like graphic designers in the seattle in the seattle area like if they're helping make like cover art for me- the music scene i don't know there's just so many ways but there's like no one's like took like no one's reached out to amazon really or something i don't know
1: i feel like people have really <laughs> i feel like like, you're so young and I love it. And I feel like you're saying exactly what we used to say. And that's what to make happened. And then <laughs> it never did. So that's exactly why things are the way they are. Like, you know, it's the people who get excited about Seattle music and like that are coming into this, they see such a great thing. Their eyes are open and they're like, this is so dope. Like, and then once you get in it and you start doing the work and start seeing that, like parts aren't moving it gets discouraging
0: yeah it doesn't have to though you just need the you need optimistic people well there you go
1: looks like you got your job ready to go
0: (laughs) but that's 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 crazy though that that's been like
1: I mean I've been doing this for 10 years like what the fuck (laughs) exactly like if you've you know what the hell this is not this is not the city for what we're trying to make this is this is a white city
0: (laughs) um yeah Unless
1: you're they're making anything safe like you know somebody like a somebody like the artists who have already started you know making waves um it's it's difficult
0: yeah hmm.
1: so uh, that's why i just say like do you and do what's good and stop trying to um impress or or do things for certain reasons just make your music make your moves be smart about business collab and work with one another um and 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 maybe move
0: <laughs> shit
1: there's no labels here why would you know there's i don't you know it's it's the reality of what we have here
0: yeah i see that fucking if, if you're looking back 10 like 10 years down the road and you still see the same thing that can be very discouraging
1: i mean but <laughs> there's not to say that so many people haven't left the city and and made amazing things happen you know yeah they don't
0: don't come back though after that
1: (laughs) i mean you i mean macklemore lives here you know and he does great things with like the residency and things like that like i don't want to take away and be like macklemore hasn't done shit for seattle he definitely has in some type of capacity but he's done it i think i'm talking from a place of like being a woman of color and working with lots of artists of color and only seeing people who look like a lot of the people who live in this city make it out of the city
0: Hmm. Do you think, do you think there's actually, I, I guess that is a thing. Like I was talking to my friend about like Wale, you know, like he always tries to say that he's not always saying it, but like he said that he feels like he's not an A-list rapper because of how dark his skin is. Do you actually, no. do you think, do you think that, do you think it actually what? comes down to, he said that before. He doesn't, he feel like he, Wale doesn't no, feel like his music he self. Has,
1: he is a- he's very emotional yeah and people don't want to be around that negative energy
0: yeah, that's, that's what, what i'm saying see. do you I really
1: keep f- trying to find an excuse for what <laughs> people aren't yeah. with him.
0: do you think it really comes down to like skin in color and city- stuff though
1: in this city yes in this really? city absolutely this is okay let's put all the artists that we have in l.a How come they're, they're winning now? Because that's a, that's a, it's a diverse city. They have, they have establishment, they have uh, record labels and things like that. Like all the labels Mm -hmm. up here are white. Like what is here for people of color? What is here for people of color that would progress people of color in hip hop to win? That's just, that's my reality. That's, that's just what I see. And that's my perception um of of living and and being here for so long maybe it's different and maybe i'm clouded um my vision is clouded but that's just how i perceive things
0: i'd like i'd like to think that like maybe when people think that way it's like a cop-out but maybe it's not but i don't i don't know i feel like there are definitely people that can be successful no matter what their race or age or gender is but i guess
1: absolutely Absolutely. But it, I feel like if you don't have support, where can you go?
0: Yeah. Gotta leave. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like, um, I like to think that, like the back to like the time thing, I, I, I like to think that it doesn't have to just take, I don't feel like we, I don't feel like waiting always helps though either. Like, I feel like there's, I don't know what specifically, and I'm learning, but I feel like you don't, we don't have to like wait for there to be like a different demographic or we don't have to wait for record labels if you want to stay in Seattle. But then at the same time to figure out what it takes, you can just say it takes time. So it's just very, can well, it can be very takes conflicting.
1: Time. I don't feel like it takes time. I mean, if you know what you want in life, Whatever it is, if you're an artist, a podcast host, a media personality, a graphic designer, and you you build your craft and you're good and you build a network and things like that, you'll figure it out and your destiny will lead you to where you need to be. I feel like a lot of people limit themselves um, by thinking like, no, I want to stay in Seattle or whatever is limiting them. So um, I don't think that there's like a recipe for how to make it or, you know, it's this or you have to wait or whatever. You just you need to be open-minded and go with the flow and just be good at what you're good at. All right. I think it's 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 not that di- I it is difficult, but it's I think some I think it's difficult that we we put so many barriers in front of us. Like we get, all get in our own way. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's why you got to start young and figure out what those barriers are and either break through them or ignore them.
1: Yeah. I think it's okay though for people to evolve and to continuously grow and, and to find themselves. I think that time is just something that's there. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, you're going to be able to, to continue to grow as much as you can, but don't let time constrain you or like, Oh, I'm getting too old or whatever yeah. it is. Um, yeah, just, just keep getting better at what you're doing. If you need yeah. to move, move. If you want to stay, stay, figure it out. But I I hate the whole concept of like, this city's not fucking with me or I just can't make it. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're saying it right because that's what you believe.
0: Yeah. It's cop out phrases, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: I just um seeing that so many times I don't I I I don't tolerate it.
0: <laughs> so when you're making your podcast or like any type of media, who's the audience you're trying to reach? Is it do you try to focus on like a Seattle audience or because what we were just talking about with the scene here, do you not try to look to the People in Seattle listen to your podcast. Do you, do you try to reach out to audiences across the world, or do you just put it out and hope that whoever listens listens? Like how we do you market are definitely
1: it? targeting like entrepreneurs, small business owners, the dreamers, the hustlers. I mean, I don't, I don't limit to like Seattle. You know, it's the the knowledge that's being spread on the podcast is going to be useful to anybody who is looking to get particularly in that industry or just needing some inspiration and motivation. So, when we are when we are on the mic and we're talking, I feel like we are talking to an audience of people who are just thirsty for knowledge.
0: Does it um what what made you decide though to officially after like 4 years like talk to guests outside of Seattle? Was it literally just because it was usually in person that you talked to your guests were just Seattleites or like what? What? Well, what switched to you for you?
1: The pandemic, because yeah. we were just on the computer now, so it's, it it just aesthetically changed, you know. Like before, we were all taking pictures with each other. We were grabbing videos of people in person, which is exactly why we needed, you know. I preferred being the these being in person interviews, but the fact that we had to change, and it's all because of the safety of other people. Like, why not talk to people outside of the city? now and get way more different perspectives like you know these are these are different like these people don't live here they don't breathe the same air they don't drink the same type of water as as us they don't have the same type of struggles as we do so hearing their their journey and their stories is just it's um and being able to share those has been so inspiring
0: and how do you how do you find your guests do they usually reach out to you at this point or like are there certain people like you know you have to reach out to specifically
1: it's been across um We get hit up by a lot of like PR companies that pitch their, you know, their clients Mm -hmm. to us um, that align exactly with our vision of, you know, entrepreneurs and and people who are just like moving and shaking and creating really dope products or um, or doing really dope things. A lot of our past guests who are amazing, they recommend a lot of the people um, like their peers and colleagues and things like that. And then um, depending on what exactly we're trying to look for, if we see somebody, we'll reach out. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of the last year, we were able to, I would say like from September on, all of our guests were people who reached out to us. Wow. Such a blessing.
0: So once this pandemic hopefully ends, I, I still give it another year or two, realistically. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Once it does end though, do you have any like thought or ideas of how they're going to go about doing the podcast? Like, are you still going to incorporate Zoom interviews then? Or how would how do you hope to get guests outside of Seattle?
1: So for the rest of the year absolutely you know we want to remain safe everyone um, of us that is a part of the globe is on the same page when it comes to being safe and and um, being respectful to each other's health um so our vision for the rest of this year is definitely doing um you know over uh, virtual interviews but for me i come from an events background i love being in front of people and things like that so um i don't know how it will look in the future but events is the biggest thing, you know, we want to be able to take the podcast and do more live events. That, mm-hmm. that was, that was something that was, <laughs> that was exactly what we were working on right before the pandemic hit. We had an event scheduled and everything. And it was going to be a collaboration with other podcasts and then, you know, the Rona hit. Dun, dun, dun. So that's, that's, that's tabled. but that's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Who knows where we'll be in a year. Maybe we'll have a private jet and be able to go all over and interview people.
0: Yeah. Like that that one pastor. Who's that? That guy that like people hate because he has his own private jet and flies places. There's a few of those guys. Don't be
1: hating on people who got it. (laughs) Work on yours. Listen to the blow up so you can you know figure out how to get you one. (laughs) Like
0: I've noticed um like even like ninety two point five, like they've let off tons of employees like even like my engineer that I that I'd use when I did in-person interviews at the station like luckily he didn't get let off he, he just noticed how things were going so he he decided to leave which was very sad for me I miss you Gary but um so if, if you're if, if we're noticing like even radio stations are starting to like cut off all their employees no matter like like there were there were employees that I was connected with that like we're there for over twenty years now to be let off. Like it, it didn't. Dis- COVID did not discriminate at all. Mm-hmm. What do you think starts to happen? And then we're, we're starting to see like local venues go down also. So what do you think is going to happen to local studios? Do you do you think these are going to start closing as well? Like do you expect in the next if this COVID continues for like another year or two that you can still hopefully return to your studio even or like what do you see for that?
1: I, I feel like people still run in their business during COVID. (laughs) Like, I don't think like studio settings is such an intimate kind of thing where you're not involving so many people and you can limit, you know, the amount of people coming in. So, I mean, compared to, to venues and things like that, I think that's a, that's a completely different kind of, um, comparison just because, yeah, I feel like venues, it's gonna be hard. The strongest mm-hmm. will survive. I don't, I'm not too familiar with what happened with the new cares act that was just passed, but I believe uh, the the initiative that Steven from Numo's, um, I think it's like save music live war or something like that. They're, they've been able to do something where they're saving the venues. But when it comes to studios, I feel like people are definitely still in the studio right now,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: at this moment. So I don't yeah. see those going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good then. I went, um, yeah, I went to Studio Sage like this over the weekend and everyone just has to wear masks and stuff.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's definitely a business where you don't, you can limit the amount of people being in there. You can be safe. Um, and you know, it is what it is It's at the discretion of the person who owns it. But when it comes to like a venue and throwing a party and you know, everyone drinking and things like that, that's a little, lot more risky.
0: Yeah. This is a, it's a time to be alive it's a crazy time to be alive it's a people are evolving though i feel like like if you haven't evolved then you're kind of screwed
1: you know be gentle to yourself be kind to yourself take the breaks that you need to but this is a great time to figure out like what's important to you and um you know for me it was like i had to keep asking myself am i Am I trying to hold on to this because this is who, this is what I love doing? Or am I trying to hold on to this because this is who I'm used to being and everyone knows me for being this way. And, you know, having events being taken away from me was a blessing because I I needed to chill out. Like I have two dogs, I have a home. I was working and then coming home and changing and going out at night. Like these two dogs have held me down so much. I feel so bad that I never like walked them or anything like that. Um, and then also just letting go of like who this this music person was in me that I was holding on to for so long I've been able to pivot and just be a resource instead of being um somebody to like listen to their music or anything like that it's um you know it's it's been a great pivot for me i'm i'm in such a great space
0: yeah i don't i don't understand why it's like just as, as a human race it's hard for us to like let go of things sometimes like even simple things like I've focused on letting go and I'm like why am I even holding on to this what it's just like once you find something that like you've like grown attached to that you feel like makes you be a certain person like that's who you are even if it's silly it's kind of hard to let go
1: absolutely
0: it's a it's very it's um that can also be a setback though like whether you're an artist or whatever like if you're stuck in your ways it's a, uh, it can be more destructive than good.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it just, I've been, you know, talking to myself more and figuring myself out and just trusting wherever I'm at is where I need to be. So I think a lot more people need to, um, I know we all have, you know, we, we want to hit goals and we want to be successful and, and we we want this life, but uh, rushing to figure that out is is just, I, I don't see that being a great way to attain, obtain what, what you want in life. Trust your process. That's the biggest thing. Trust your process. I It took me so long to get to where I am. And I'm not, you know, uh, my whole vision has changed. Um, and I'm so grateful for everything I've been through. I have no regrets. And, you know, I, even though there are things that may have not went the exact way I wanted them to, I, I'm still very grateful for all the experiences. There's never no lessons. I mean, uh, no losses. It's all lessons.
0: Hell yeah. You've definitely dropped a lot of gems, but is there any final advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Take time to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. The bag's going to be there if it's, all, it, it's already yours. It is already yeah.
0: yours. We need Amazon to sponsor our podcast. That's what we need. That's why I've decided. Yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. crazy.
1: You know, Amazon is there, but I mean, look who runs the company. So you know, <laughs> sometimes we we that was that was one thing that I learned was that I um, I gave too many people that have showed me that they're not the greatest hope. Be like, you know what? They're gonna they're gonna be a part of this. And uh, I just got let down a lot of times. So that's exactly why I just be doing everything myself. And then yeah. they'll come after. That's the funniest part about it all. They'll come after. You build it, you build it, and they will come. Yes. So there you go. We'll end it with that. You build it yourself. Make it the dopest shit ever. These people, they they don't want to build ideas anymore. They want to take your idea. So dun, dun, dun. build it, build it, and 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 then they'll come to you.
0: Yes. So what is the easiest way for people to reach Miss Casey Carter?
1: Um, my Instagram is definitely, I'm lot, the most active on there. So that's Miss Casey Carter. My email button is in my bio as well. Um, if you're an artist out there or a small business owner, I recently launched my digital download templates. These are templates to where if you want to be featured on a podcast, you want to get a feature in a newspaper, um, I wrote out a whole email for you to copy and insert your own information, so you can just use that, so you don't be left on red. I have music submission templates, EPK templates, media kit templates, all the templates you need um, to succeed with you know you being an artist or a small business. So go check those out.
0: Hell yeah! This is the NAS podcast with
1: Miss Casey Carter.